Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're, We're lost, lost on Lost. Welcome everybody to Lost on Lost. My name is Adam Busher and I'm joined by my favorite other, J.P. Russell. That's me, baby. <laughs> this feels weird. It Left does seat, feel right weird. seat, man. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a whole bit about who is my favorite other and... That's about as far as I got. You could say Juliet. I mean, well, yeah, Juliet is always going to be my favorite other. That's no no contest, no question. Today we are talking about Catch-22. It is the 17th episode of season two, and it's the 66th episode uh, of Lost overall. Our centric character this week is everybody's favorite herbal essences, shampoo, and conditioner model, Desmond Hume. Uh, Catch-22 takes place on the 84th and 85th day after the crash of Oceanic Flight 815. JP. Yeah, it's me. Do you have a recap for us? I do. Let's have it. You get a load of this island? I mean, every aircraft in the world crashes here. Can you believe it? Every time you look up in the sky, whoop, there goes another aircraft. I thought this was supposed to be an impossible to find island, but apparently, this is where every flight takes you. Desmond thinks he's never going to see Penny again. <laughs> well, you're in luck, buddy. She's taking a flight to Dallas-Fort Worth and will probably crash in the Pacific Ocean by the middle of the day. Speaking of disasters, can we knock it off with all the love triangles? There's too many triangles. I can't keep track of all these triangles. I thought I would never use trigonometry outside of high school. Boy, was I wrong. We got a Jack Kate Sawyer triangle, a Julia cosine, and my hypotenuse is all confused. And what's the deal with Charlie Pace? Is he living? Is he dying? We gotta make up our minds here, people. Are we gonna kill this poor idiot or not? Hopefully we find out soon. Don't worry if he does die. We're gonna hold a service on the island. I hear his whole family's taking a flight to Manchester and they're scheduled to crash on the island at 3 p.m. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that worked. Uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it's that that was um, that was totally worth us uh, switching back to uh, to you doing recaps for the next X number of episodes. Gee. Zoss. I'm not going to do that every week. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest. You are kidding. How how do we keep convincing people to join us on this show? We have the one, the only, Nicholas Slayton with us today. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Yay. Hey guys, glad to be here. Thanks for letting me just like randomly parachute in and maybe get trapped in a tree <laughs> and you know, almost die. I don't know. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you. Very exciting. We're uh, we're very excited for a couple of reasons actually. One, because uh, Nicholas, you are uh, you are a, a recovering Lost fan, much like myself. <laughs> just relapsed. <laughs> really, yeah, there you go. Just fell off the wagon. Um, 
Uh, but you also have a, a, a like a real life job, which is uh, very very cool to at least JP and I. Um, so why don't you tell uh, tell us a little bit about yourself there, Nicholas? What I do is obsessive over lost. Well, no, uh, I am uh, the weekend <laughs> editor at Task and Purpose, the military war yeah. veterans uh, news and culture site. Uh, I do that. Never heard I'm of also it. a freelance <laughs> journalist. Outside of that, and uh, co-host a James Bond and spy fiction podcast called Other Fellas. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. Task nice. and Purpose is a really cool um, social media presence that JP and I have been following for a while already. And then when you told me you, you mm-hmm. were working for him, I was like, oh shit, no way! So that's very very cool. <laughs> yes, got fans. Let's go. <laughs> Keep reading. Uh, but only read on Saturdays and Sundays. That's all my work. Anyone else? Oh, well, that, you know, the, the Monday through Wednesday stuff's trash anyway. No, just, so. no, just get, read every day. Please read every day. Give us a click. <laughs> Please click through. Social, website, everything. For sure. Let's go. Gotcha. So, yeah, t- uh, tell us a little bit about Lost, too, um, like your relationship with the show. Um, I started watching it, like, halfway through the first season, got hooked, and, like, I followed it obsessively and sort of went down the rabbit hole of, like, oh, my God, this book was in this episode. And so what's that theme about? And like, okay, these guys are named for these philosophers. And this is electro- so I learned a lot about electromagnetism <laughs> and history and philosophy <laughs> as a result yeah. of the show. And then stick with it to the very end. I will defend the final episode. I will defend the show to the end. But then once it ended, I hadn't rewatched it since. I stopped watching. And then a couple guys named Adam and JP told me to be on a Lost podcast. <laughs> so I had to... Uh, we watched the show for the first time, and now I'm turning back into uh, Charlie, and it's always sunny with uh, the boards and the. Pepe and Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. And... <laughs> well, this is this is a safe space for that mindset. Tell me more about these uh, these two guys, JP and Adam. They sound handsome. I, I've only <laughs> seen audio things, so I can't tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they they sound very handsome and very rugged and very tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Um, we are super excited to have you on the show. Um, we're going to be talking about. Uh, Catch-22. You guys want to talk about it? You want to get into it? Absolutely. Catch-22 originally aired on uh, April 18th, 2007. It was written by Jeff Pinkner and Brian K. Vaughn and directed by Stephen Williams. Uh, Jeff Pinkner was a writer on single female lawyer, uh, excuse me, Alan (laughs) McBeal. Um, and <laughs> right around that time, Brian K. Vaughn was working on what is one of my favorite comic book series, X-Men's Age of Apocalypse. Oh. So if anybody say Ex Machina, which is a perfect uh, comic book. Yeah, that's, that, that one's yeah. really good too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and of course, everybody out there in the Laldom is familiar with Stephen Williams' seminal television miniseries, Explore, Exploring Ontario's Provincial Parks, which aired in 1993. What? <laughs> I've been I've been digging around his IMDb for twenty episodes and I never saw that. Well, here's the thing: I got that from Wikipedia, so that might not be real. <laughs> Editor Adam Busher, that's weird. <laughs> so, so those are the details for Catch Twenty Two. Catch Twenty Two opens up uh, in the jungle. We're just like I didn't know when this line of this conga line of like Islanders was getting in because I'm like, oh, it's Desmond. Oh, it's Hurley. Oh, it's Charlie. Oh, it's Jin. Like, who else is here? This is a this is a little foursome that we I don't think we've really seen out palling around together before. Desmond, Not Hurley, much, no. Charlie, and Jin. It's pouring rain. Charlie and Hurley are argue. They're they're having like. A classic comic book argument, which not yeah. which once I realized that this was co-written by Brian K. Vaughn, I was like, oh, okay, that that, that kind of tracks. Um, but and yeah, of course, having, Charlie's having... a fucking Superman fan. For God's sakes, <laughs> uh, Superman is awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, Nicholas, you <sighs> want to step in here and uh, and uh, tell JP uh, he's actually the best superhero that's ever lived. 
he's he's too good at everything. No, but he's the most human of everyone. That's a, that's what makes him perfect. I mean, he's like a perfect character. He's so human. He has foibles despite his powers. Okay, well, I've already had this we'll, argument we'll, twice this week. I'm not getting into this again. All right. Well, yeah, we are. <laughs> Buckle up. The argument they're having: who's faster, who'd win in a foot race, Superman or the Flash? Um, Jin, the look on Jin's face is the face that I would have if I were walking behind the two of them arguing. <laughs> Jin looks like he's ready to strangle the two of them with each other's clothes and yes. leave them. <laughs> I have not seen him that sad in such a long time. Daniel Day Kim does so, like, he finally gets some room to do something in this episode. Just, like, be the character, and it is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> this foursome is so perfect because it's just, like, the best, like, two buddies who are nerding out, the guy who's serious, and the guy's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. It's every group project in college. <laughs> um, speaking of what's going on, Charlie gets uh, shot in the throat with an arrow. Oh, finally. <laughs> Jesus. It must be that French woman. He steps on some sort of wire and he just like, <laughs> I don't know, where just right to the right to the Adam's apple. And that is that. It is the slowest trip wire that has ever existed. Like it's it's gotta go through the, the Pee-wee's breakfast machine before it actually fires the fucking arrow. <laughs> like Charlie has his face of just like Oh no! You can see like like figures like I screwed up, I screwed up, I can't move some for some reason, and then whip. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he had a year and a day to get out of the way of the arrow, and yeah. he just chose not to take it. Um, turns out it's. Uh, I mean, it kills Charlie as as it should. I mean, like we see the wound. Yeah. It's like that would that'd probably be that. It turns out this is a vision. Um, Desmond is not actually tromping through the jungle with his buddies uh, Charlie. Hurley and Jin, he's actually fishing. Sitting on the beach with a fishing pole, enjoying some sun, and mm-hmm. doing some fishing. Desmond has visions. We know this a little bit. We haven't seen too many of his visions. No. We, we've seen enough of them to know that they're pretty much all revolve around Charlie, as though Charlie were the main character in Desmond's life. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> in the vision, he sees a bunch of flashes of stuff, and he sees mm-hmm. a, this wire. We've seen this wire also, too. Like, Saeed has run into this wire. It's We're pretty sure the Ethernet cable for the island. Um, but in the vision of Desmond saw Hurley playing with, so he goes to ask Hurley about the wire, which I was like, all I could think of every time they mentioned the wire is Omar coming. Uh, well, I mean, Hurley even asked, like, did you use some ma- mushrooms or something? I was, gonna, I was like, yeah. Hurley's got a pretty good joke here. Uh, did you eat those mushrooms Jack warned us about? Which is great because like, it tell it like, so there's just fucking magic mushrooms like growing. Yeah. Like, why is this the first time that this has come up? Like, like we talked about with Matt Susteridge, like Locke needed something for his for mm. his fucking island pudding or yeah. whatever. So, like, yeah. maybe there are psychedelics on the yeah. island, and for some reason, people aren't fucking having fun with that all the time. It would have been great if he was like, "You didn't eat those mushrooms that Jack warned us about," and doesn't be like, "You know, we've been out of those for weeks." <laughs> And then they just move on. Just like we're out, they're all gone. But yeah, so he uh, he tells him about the vision. He doesn't yeah. say anything, but he just say, he says someone's coming. To t- right, he story. says he says someone's yeah. coming. But Hurley also just refers. He's like, hey, is this more future crap? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So like, Hurley's in the know. At this point in the island, it feels like you sort of accept it. Like, oh, crazy French woman, others, black smoke, weird monster. Like, 
future crap. Okay, fine. Right. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. like if if this would have happened like ten days after the crash, it would have been like, what? What are you talking about? You can see the future. But because they've been there for almost three months, it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. If there's a fucking T Rex here too, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, just bring it. <laughs> That'd be kind of dope. Oh, T-Rex on mushrooms? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the, we have the lost card, and then we uh, we come back yeah, into the episode. Cold open. Uh, yeah. We go into our first flashback. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought that, uh, at first I was like, Desmond's in jail? But it turns out it's a <laughs> seminary. Desmond's kneeling in this room. It's very Spartan room, and he just, it looks like he's praying, whatever. And mm-hmm. a dude comes in, and he's like, hey, congratulations. You've passed the test of silence, brother. And he's like, thank you, brother. <laughs> and brother, brother, brother. I think I know why they did this as sort of like a source for why Desmond calls everybody brother. Right? I, I didn't need an answer to that. But, I just like that he called everybody brother like exact, Macho Man Randy Savage. Exactly. Like if we never found out why Desmond says brother all the time and he just said right. brother all the time, that would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, he passed, uh, yeah. He passed the so, valve. Silence or whatever. Test of test of silence. Yeah, whatever. We come back to the beach. Uh, Desmond and Hurley are visiting Jack. Um, <laughs> I was confused as fuck here. <laughs> so Desmond is just like, "Hey, we need the first aid kit. Can we borrow it?" Jack's like, "Bring it, bring it back." I don't remember what Jack says to Hurley, but Hurley's like the worst liar ever. Oh, um, he's like, "What's up with you, man? Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He just just asks him if he's okay. And like they, they, like we all know the new jerk react the answer to "Are you okay?" Yeah, fine. Like, that's not, like, you don't have to try to, like, even if that is a lie, that's the easiest lie for anybody to do. How you doing? Fine. <laughs> but, but like, did you see Hurley's face? He, he couldn't uh, even look at him. <laughs> that's what I love about it. You know how, like, when little kids know that they're that they're doing something bad and they just, like, won't make eye contact? Yeah. Like, he's, he's doing the thing where he's like, if anybody asks me a goddamn thing, I'm going to fold, like, a lawn chair. So, like, he's, he's just like, I'm not going to make eye contact. I'm not going to engage. Like, I, uh, dude. Jorge Garcia is so fucking good. I love him. I mean, so like it's obvious that he's lying. Like even as they're walking away, Desmond's like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> quit being so weird, you big weirdo. But um, <laughs> despite the fact that like he's obviously Jack doesn't do anything about it, he gives him the first aid kit. He's like, yeah, "Bring it back when you're done," and then he yeah. lets him go do that. I don't think he even mentions the first aid kit to anyone else in the episode. Like Jack does. He's not like. Yeah, I really hope Desmond gets back. I <laughs> might need that. Yeah, right. Right. Like, what? It, and I didn't think about this until, like, way later in the episode, but I guess he's bringing the first aid kit so he can hypothetically minister to Charlie when he takes an arrow to the throat. I guess. <laughs> like, in the vision, is that where the towel came from? Because, like, it, throughout this episode, he's all about, you know, preserving the integrity of the vision so that it actually comes through all that. I mean, I feel like Jack kind of got the little wink and nod like i need your first aid kit for reasons because it's like i twisted my ankle like uh, (laughs) first of all you're walking over here pretty fine but also you need the entire medical kit for a twisted ankle (laughs) you need some tape and a splint right what 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 you need this hemostat for friend I, I just I got the impression that like Jack knows that he's bullshit, but he doesn't care. Desmond's like one of the few people he trusts on the island. R- yeah, right. For yeah. some reason, because he met him before. I've seen this guy run, so yeah. he can take the supplies. Uh, we cut to the, uh, or I guess we stay on the beach, just a different part of the beach. Um, Sawyer yeah. goes to visit Kate. This is another instance of uh, us, the audience, being forced to watch somebody ogle Kate in her underwear. <laughs> I mean, yes, Evangeline Lily's like gorgeous or whatever, but like the reaction that Sawyer has, I'm convinced he's never encountered a woman before. (laughs) (laughs) 
the th- the thing that I took away from this was because n- nothing of import really gets talked about in this scene. Recently, Kate and Sawyer have slept together. Yeses don't last forever. So like, just because you slept with her for like a couple of days ago doesn't mean you just get carte blanche to walk in her and change and dude, like <laughs> quit being a weirdo. Like it was weird because they, they did this thing. They tried to make it look like, like she, like she was okay with, it, which is weird because he comes in. She she sees her changing. She doesn't say get out or close the door or anything like that. She's right. Like, she's just kind of like she just kind of smiles at him. Slowly continues getting yeah. dressed, and then like they were trying to give the impression that she was okay with it, and maybe because of the most recent the recent developments of them having slept together for the first time. I'm sure this would have played 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was. But like I was sitting there watching, I was like, dude, okay, I don't care that you just slept with her a couple of days ago. Step outside while she finishes changing, then. Then proposition her for sex. <laughs> There's a clear order of operations here, goddammit. Sawyer is a conman. He should know how to read people, right? Right, yeah. He wants to know if she told Jack. She tells him Jack knows. Uh, it's all like real high school hallway gossip shit. Um, mm, yeah. The, the love triangle of this part of a show is so just like... Come on, guys. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking ahead, you know, ahead to what happens in like seasons four and five um, with, you know, yeah. Sawyer, Kate, Jack, Juliet, all that stuff. And yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I do love where it ends up. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. This path to there is fucking tedious. <laughs> we cut to something more interesting. Um, Desmond and Hurley are <laughs> going to recruit Jin fishing. Jin, Jin is fishing. <laughs> <laughs> this was absolutely bonkers. He's like, how are we going to get him to come along, brother? And he's like, let the master work. He just goes over and asks him if you want to come along. <laughs> but, he, but he's just like, you want to go camping? <laughs> it's day 84 or whatever, babe. We're getting bored, but he need to do something. This, and that, that's my note. Um, Jin, Jin is like the go-to hangout guy. Doesn't matter what's going on. He really is. You come up to hey Jin, you want to do whatever? He's like, let's do it. Because, yeah, they've been there for almost 90 days. Like, there's only so much going on. If somebody comes to you with an idea for something to do, hey, it's something to do. And the only person that always subscribes to that is Jin. Some people opt yep. out. You know, some people don't get asked. Every time Jin gets asked, he's like, yes, yes, and let's go camping. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how much I love Jin. This episode is a great Jin episode. Yeah. It's, it's oh, like so a dozen episode, gets, but like yeah. Jin's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while uh, Hurley and Jin talk about getting ready to go camping, uh, Desmond goes to find Charlie. He's got to also get Charlie for to make sure the vision stays complete. They, ha- they have a little bit of discussion. Charlie is, he wants to go along. He's skeptical at first. Charlie knows about the visions. He knows that Desmond is trying to, so like he's, uh, you know, despite the fact that he is, skeptical of what's actually going to happen on this he is he does go along because he does yeah he, he trusts to a point desmond's needs i guess i i absolutely love desmond um using his powers for good in this one because charlie's like can i bring my guitar and desmond's flashes show charlie walking through the jungle with the guitar mm-hmm. in a goddamn monsoon that guitar is trash he's like <laughs> yeah. I, if I have to listen to the first three and a half chords of Wonderwall one more, one more time, time, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I'm going to beat him to death with his own guitar. We, we might need fireworks. I don't know. They set out. They do, uh, they do the bridge over the River Kwai thing. The whistling. Uh, what's it called? Captain, Captain Bogey's. Uh, Bogey March. Yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. <laughs> like, and they, none of them are really great whistlers, which I love. They find the wire. And they're like, oh, it's almost, you know, let's just camp here. You know, it's almost dark. It's like, even though it's like obviously the middle of the afternoon, they have succeeded in the first half of the vision. So they're, you know, they're going to hold there for the moment. 
flashback yeah we 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 uh are in what seems to be both the monastery and a vineyard monks monks make alcohol it's a thing i guess they can make wine too uh yeah they're packaging wine um putting some labels on the bottles the 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 wine is apparently named after the place where abraham uh, was going to sacrifice his son in the bible um, they have a little discussion about that, you know. Some, sometimes the, the parable or the parallel that the, an episode of Lost is trying to tell is obscure and not really made very clear. Here they were like, man, this is we're we're doing an Isaac and Abraham thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna beat you over the fucking head with it. <laughs> Just yeah, you know, we're, we're not we're not being subtle this time. This one, it's all right there. We're laying it out. I don't know. I feel like I've heard a million television shows bring up like the story of Abraham. You know what I mean? It's and, just yeah. like the yeah. But how many mention like the place it was at? It was at. They that's lost true. one a little extra yeah. extra step. <gasps> that's right. You're right, Nicholas. You're right. Oh man, this show. And so they good. threw in wine, so if you you can drink along as every time you say brother, you just drink some red wine. Yep. <laughs> you just be blacked out <gasps> oh. by end of Act Three. <laughs> Hold on. You get to miss the rest of something here, Nicholas. Every time. Desmond says, brother, you take a drink. Take a drink. Ooh. All right. Add that to the list, Adam. Except for this episode. Except for this episode, because it will kill you. (laughs) Yes. And and wine is 100 quid a bottle. Um, What's a quid? With conversion factor, let's go over here. Is that probably at 2000? No, this was 1995. So you're looking at, oh, geez, this is probably. I'm totally estimating here. I have no freaking idea. But that's at least. (laughs) It's at least more than $150. Uh, a dude, uh, they're just like, hey, uh, Brother Desmond, a dude wants to say hi to you. And this guy <laughs> just clocks him. Uh, I just assumed that's a Scottish greeting, though. So, like, I was waiting for more dialogue to happen, and then he just yeah. left. I was fully expecting that. I was that. waiting to see if he make a Scottish <laughs> Just, like, punches him. And they're like, okay, we got that out of the way. Hey, man, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you since high school. <laughs> Like he's violent. This guy is polite. He immediately apologizes to the monk. Yeah, he crosses himself. Sorry. Bro- was it Brother Campbell? I want to say something. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, because there's like, like another brother. Is Brother Martin? And I'm like, is this like a director Martin Campbell like Goldeneye reference? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, brother. Well, we Campbell. have the right guest on. If it is, uh, the guy has nothing else to say to Desmond. He clocks him and leaves. And Desmond, he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna deal with that. And that's like, that's the end of it. Uh, we come back to the beach. It's nighttime. Uh. Kate's having a little oatmeal. Jack comes in to do some kitchen stuff. They talk about oatmeal. They make awkward small talk. Jack goes to chill with Juliet. You forgot about the spoon. Enlighten us. <laughs> what what note should I have taken about that that would have made this scene interesting? <laughs> Jack asks Kate if he can borrow her spoon. Mm-hmm. And she before she hands it to him, she puts it in her mouth. Yeah and licks it off yeah i would never speak to that human again like i don't care if it was my own mother i would never speak to her again if someone did that so she's trying to flirt with him right i think i think i don't know i think she's trying to flirt with him i don't know what she's trying to do she's trying to be cute like oh you know we survived a harrowing experience together we're back in you know it's nice to be back at what constitutes home you know like can we be friends again like i don't understand what she's trying to do as far as like getting his attention or whatever. I feel like that's more indicative of uh, uh, an underlying problem with this scene is that Jack and Kate's entire relationship is born around these life or death, insane, crazy circumstances. Sure. And that's the only way they interact. Now they have a minute to just talk and the writers are like, we don't have anything for them to talk about. 
Well, like, this is what I was getting with Adam, like, because, you know, where this story eventually ends, like, the way this love rectangle, whatever it is, ends mm-hmm. up, like, yeah. things work out with interesting character work and good chemistry. And, mm-hmm. and you're here, exactly. and you're right. It's like a disorder and cater based around, like, weird, odd, unresolved sexual tension that maybe gets resolved. And you have these two. We meet at the crash landing of a plane. We meet here. We, we survive the others. Now what? They just, the two of them just don't know how to be together. As, uh, as often our, our guests do, uh, Nicholas completed my thought and it's actually good writing and I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> so, sorry. Jack goes to have dinner with Juliet and that makes Kate very sad. So she goes and fucks Sawyer. <laughs> uh, and, and he asks the, the question that I always ask whenever I'm about to be intimate uh, with my partner. <laughs> Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> And then she always gives the Bam Margera from Jackass to answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, she's crying and sleeping with Sawyer. And uh, is she, does she wish that she was Juliet or does she wish that Sawyer was Jack? I guess it's kind of the she's, same thing, but like. What does Sawyer want, too? Is he wish he was Jack? Does he wish she was Juliet? <laughs> I, I hope so. Ooh. It's like, there's no rules in this island. They should, the, you know, we, we t- constantly talk about people having their own space. Those four characters should just share a tent. <laughs> I mean, that would have resolved, like, five seasons of TV yeah, right there. It would have made it much But, like, this this is what I was saying about, like, this season. Like, it started off so bad and, like, became so great. And, like, this episode has, like, one half of the plot is the Desmond, Charlie, Jin, Hurley camping trip of awesomeness, which is an amazing storyline. It sets up so yes. much. And you just have to deal with, like, and we're and, back to this yeah, love And let's go back to the beach real quick and talk about whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oatmeal for dinner. That was some of the best acting I've ever seen because nobody in the history of the world has ever described oatmeal as really good. It's fine. <laughs> it's oatmeal. <laughs> it's white, mushy, and bland. Oh, wait, no, I'm reading the reviews for <laughs> my portion of the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say, are, you, are you reading your driver's license? <laughs> There it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, we come back to the camp. Oh, but I'm, I'm sorry. One yeah, one really quick note. Um, the zipper noise that they add in is far too long of a zipper. <laughs> like I was like, is she unzipping a sleeping bag? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, we come back to the camp. Uh, this I, I loved this. The beginning of this. Jane is telling this a might ghost story. Be one of the best moments of Lost we've seen ever. <laughs> So good. He's speaking Korean, of course. He's fluent in Korean. Early is just wrapped. <laughs> like totally sucked in. Can't understand over the story. Got the flashlight, got the thing, and then there's an exclamation, and then the hand or lack of pops out, scares the piss out of Hurley. Like <laughs> so like adorable and just like I'm imagining like I'm, I'm imagining the four of these men as just like four children in a treehouse you know even if they don't find anything it's, this was fun you know <laughs> I, I, I put a note I was like whatever percentage of the show is this fun silliness it needs like 10% more because yeah. this is exactly. like these actors getting to not worry about these insane situations and just be these like fun lovable characters that are superhuman is like it's yeah. so good. This I is, fucking love it. It's it's fun character stuff that they could have gotten a lot of mileage out of had they chose to focus on it, and or like, at least partially, or yeah. focus on it more yeah. than they did. It works. Yeah. Like, like they get along. It's fun. You want you want to see more of it. Yeah, really. exactly. Like, yeah. 
I need to go back. I'm going to rewatch the whole show now, damn it. Um, I want to go back and see like, what happens next. They, they swap. Uh, Hurley starts telling uh, his uh, a ghost story, um, and Des is sitting off to the side. He's looking at a picture of, uh, we find out, is a woman named Penny, um, somebody very special to him, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Him and Charlie talk about it. He talks about, you know, ran away from Penny. So he calls himself a coward. While they're talking about all this stuff, they hear a noise, a, a helicopter. It seems to be in some sort of distress. One of them says, are a helicopter supposed to sound like that? Um, it crashes into the water. It's like, apparently not. This, this is a joke for Nicholas and Nicholas only. Uh, that's how ospreys sound. Um, so anyways, <laughs> the, back to uh, the podcast. The, 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 a beacon, some sort of light falls out of the helicopter, does not fall in the water. Desmond's like, uh, you know, and this is all part of his vision. Like he, you know, he knows that that's a person they got to go. He's like, and so he gets all hyper. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Charlie's like, I'm not going to the jungle in the middle of the night. And then Desmond remembers, oh yeah, we found her during the day. He's like, yeah, no problem. We'll wait. It, like, I, I was trying to remember like the mechanics of Desmond's visions. Is it just like, he sees it once and like must remember all the details. He was like, plot, as soon as it becomes plot relevant, he's like, no, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> like he just relives that one portion again or something. <laughs> we come back to flashback. Apparently, the dude who punched Desmond was his ex fiance's brother. When the Ruth came to the door, I, w- I thought that, like, again, not remembering how the show went, I was expecting Penny to step out from behind that dude. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's not Penny. Okay. The, they have a little discussion about you know, him leaving her at the altar. He had a calling. You know, it's like um, they dated for six years. All that stuff. Like, your so, only religious experience is when, like, this one soccer team won the cup. Yeah. They, 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 she calls him Celtic. Which is a great line. Yeah, it's a super good long yeah, line. Yeah, the Celtics, um, yeah. Uh, there's, like, a, I forget what what's, uh, it's city the, that is. It's the football yeah. team. Um, but this, like, the, one of the big Scottish national teams. Um, yeah, she says that. She makes that joke. It's like, the closest you ever came to having a religious experience was this thing. And, it like, yeah, I was, like, on her side the whole time. I was just like, yeah, dude. I say you, you woke up drunk in a gutter, and then somebody helped you up. And you're like, I'm supposed to be a monk a fucking week before what? your wedding? Dude, like, if it was that easy to convince you that you had a calling, like, I, you weren't, it could have been anybody. Yeah, I, I believe a monk who helps him out says the word brother also, so that's the moment. <laughs> that is the moment comes to the thing. This is the origin story. This is the moment. Yeah. This is this is a Wayne's getting murdered outside the theater. This is it. <laughs> Can I help you, brother? Why did you say that name? God damn it. <laughs> Well, that's the last episode of Lost on Lost. Thank you for joining. Um, she she brings up a fantastic point. It's like the the last thing that she says. She's like, "Listen, uh, next time uh, you want to break up with somebody, just tell them you're too scared. Don't tell them you went to join the monastery. Like, I don't give a fuck if you did have this calling to be like our relationship was so bad. I had to go to a place where I never speak or never have sex ever again. Just be like." I joined the Peace Corps, you know, I, I don't know. I'm reading to blind puppies or something like that. Like something that like doesn't have any baggage compared to a relationship. Like she, 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 she hits him with that. And it's, it's like, yeah, fuck you, Desmond. Okay. Wait, Desmond's whole background. Okay. So this is like 95 and like, okay, it's gotta be like, he's like, what? Like 25, 26 when this is going down. I was like, dude, you like ditched your fiance at 25, went to join a monastery. Like what? I I don't know. I don't have the exact time frame here. But, but like, if he, yeah, if he's in his mid twenties and they dated for six years, they started dating when he was a teenager. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was warning. So it was like, okay, obviously you got to do the actors as they are. But like, yeah, 
But yeah. like, yeah, like if you go back in time, like 10 years before the crash or 13 years, like the crash was in 2004. If this was 10 years before that, 90, you know, the mid nineties. So yeah, like a lot happened to, a lot happened to Desmond. <laughs> Desmond, like, of all the guys of expansion pack past, Desmond has one of the biggest ones. <laughs> Um, oh man, that's artist, a fantastic soldier. way of describing Desmond. <laughs> anyway, brothers, what's going on next? We cut back to the beach. Uh, Juliet is working on her tent. Uh, Jack is helping her. Sawyer comes over, makes it sound like some sort of weird whatever. He's like sinister, like there have been some changes since you've been gone. Eh. And they bust out some ping pong paddles and then they play ping pong. <laughs> I, I do love that Juliet, when she's building, she's like, you don't know how to use a hammer? And, and Jack's like, my dad only taught me how to drink. And I was that, like, yeah, that's, that was a that's a little too close to the pulse, but it's funny. <laughs> um, the conversation that they have while they're playing ping pong, I mean, it's clear, they they clearly have girl trouble. There, there's a bunch of things that are going unsaid yeah. between Sawyer and Jack. Uh, they're both thinking about not only Kate, but Juliet, both of them are in their heads about the relationships between the two women in this little love quadrangle and then their relationship to the two men. I just put the note that this conversation is not as bad as it would have been earlier in the thing. Like, the, both of them have softened since, like, their earlier season one, like, antagonistic sort of relationship between the two of them. Like, mm -hmm. they, they both have eased up to a point where, like, they're not going to get into some sort of pissing contest about which one of them Kate likes more, which one, you know, they moved past that, which I was thankful for. This is post Sawyer's um, revelation to Jack about christian so yeah. like there's a little bit of like there's there's been some olive branches extended the ping pong was a nice touch though that was just again like one of those like fun moments in the show it, it, it was more it was more fun to watch them play ping pong than it was to watch the two of them play poker that one time so i'll oh, i'll 100 give you that because like it, it's tough to make watching poker dynamic but like ping pong at least they're up and moving you know then I'm picturing Bernard over in the corner still trying to make his SOS sign. Like, why don't you guys prioritize having an SOS sign in the sand? Get you got ping pong off. tables. You got a masseuse. You got a five guys. Like, why don't you just have an SOS sign in the sand? Lowers the, lowers the value of a resort. You got to be understand. Like, the reason planes keep crashing on this island is for the amenities, not for any SOS signs. <laughs> The hospitality industry is very clear on their messaging and public relations. That's right. We don't want to be we don't want to be seeing a big SOS made out of black rocks from the beach view bungalows. Everybody facing the ocean doesn't want to look at this big stupid sign. I mean, come on. How are we going to keep those rooms at 95% occupancy in in the off season if we got this big ugly SOS? I mean, think Bernard, think. <laughs> Jesus. Cut back to the jungle. The jungle. Um they're arguing a little bit. Um, they stop for a break. Curly sits down to uh, catch his breath, and then Desmond climbs on him to find a, to get a bag out of the tree that he spotted. Um, and he's just like, "Don't move!" And he climbs on. It's like, dude, not nice. Like, I don't understand if all of a sudden the pilot was there, and you were like, "I need to save somebody's life," but right. you can but take the millisecond it takes to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna step on your shoulders now." Curly's just like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "Future crap. Don't worry about he's it. Like, Future crap." <laughs> oh, okay, I, I remember I'm into that. The bag is pretty, pretty, uh, this was awesome because um, they opened the bag. Um, there's a copy of Catch-22 in German? Portuguese. Portuguese. Um, and uh, inside of it is a copy of the picture that Desmond was looking at the night before of him and Penny. 
It's yeah. like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh shit, okay, okay, maybe there's something to this. Throughout the episode, he confirms it later, but like, we all assume that he wants to find this pilot because he thinks it's probably Penny. From a narrative perspective, I kind of wish that the that Desmond's flashes wouldn't have had the picture in it, mm. that it just would have had the cover of the book because that reveal is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, just yeah. like, here's a random bag and my fucking picture's in it. That's, that is like, mind-breaking yeah <laughs> like information <laughs> like even at the time watching the show linearly like this pro wives episode was like such a big deal to be watched for me it's just like oh shit this is when things like really like yeah you know why is there a copy of this picture who sent it what's going on here like oh shit is someone coming there and like it like it blew my mind every time it's a very like this is this is a big one it doesn't yeah. look like it's gonna be one but it is absolutely sure. um also in the bag is a satellite phone that is not working. In general, uh, there's a lot of electronics on this island that just don't fucking work. Yeah. Oh, it just it, again, it goes against the whole hospitality rules. You want to keep, you know, rooms filled. You, SOS signs or idiot phones, they don't work. Yeah, it ruins the value. Investors are against that. Right, and like disconnect from your electronic devices and just be present on be, the beach. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at you know, look at this. Not a cell phone in sight. These are people living. <laughs> Cut to Anna Lucia's corpse rotting in the sand. <laughs> just like. We we cut to the beach. Uh, uh, we come back to the beach. Kate and Sawyer are decompressing from the night prior. Sawyer's like, "Look, I know what you did. You don't have to use me. Like, I like you. Let's let's you know. Just if you want to, you just have to ask. Like, don't use me. Like, whatever. But he's also like, yeah. Again, I I I've wrote four words for this sentence because this is not the interesting part of the episode. There is a good another dig at Bernard though, which is nice. Yeah, poor that's Bernard. True. That's true. Poor Bernard. <laughs> Why is he getting roasted? Like he, he's not even in the episode. People are just roasting him. Shout out to Phil Collins mixtapes. Oh, actually, shit, actually yeah. that's like kind of a cute little cute little thing. Like Sawyer's Sawyer's uh, chipping away at our hearts a little bit. He's not being a total piece of shit. So yeah. from yeah, so then we come back to the jungle. Charlie. Um, Charlie, he's talking to Desmond. He's like, if you, if you would have just been honest with me about this, like you could have told me that this vision l- might lead us to being rescued, and you wouldn't have had to keep things from me. I like, I would if if this leads to us being rescued. Of course, I want it to work. So you could have just brought me in, Charlie. Of course, not realizing that he hasn't told him the part about the arrow. Um, <laughs> but he's got a point. Like, if Desmond can see the future, and this vision is supposed to get us rescued, yeah, everybody that knows should hypothetically be on board. So at this point, like Charlie knows. From Desmond, that Desmond's seeing pictures of his visions of his death. He's preventing it, and he's going to die no matter what at some mm. point. Yeah. So D- Charlie, at this point, has to be paranoid as fuck. Like, am I going to die today or what? Right. But also, like, wouldn't it make sense to just be with the guy who's been saving you? Like, right. I'd yeah. be following Desmond around constantly. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, do I step over here? What should I go? What, what do I do? Exactly. Yeah. If, like, yeah. He mentions I, it later. That I get he, Desmond being secretive, but do you think Charlie would be more like, hey, man? Help me out here. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't quite understand the rules though of Desmond's dead zone or whatever that is that he has. Like the because he he has a really good analogy earlier where he's like, I I can only see the puzzle pieces, but I I can't see the picture on the box or yeah. whatever. And if I if I change too much stuff, the the box changes. And I I yeah. was like, oh, that's actually a really interesting way of putting this. And he's like, you know, I I can't tell you guys everything because I don't want things to change. 
but boy howdy can he tell them a lot because <laughs> like they they now know that he can see the future and he's like I can tell you a shitload of stuff about this, but I can't tell you these very specific things that play into coaxing you along. Like that, mm. that seems like a very weird sort of roundabout rule. Um, but I get it. Like whatever we're dealing with, like literal clairvoyance and time travel and like what <laughs> I mean, the one thing we know is that the show operates on the whatever happens, happens view of, you know, time. Yeah. So like, yeah. is that thing of yeah. like, you can't really change it because, if he changes it, that's what ends up happening, right? Right. Sure. So let's not get into a time travel conversation. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> let's keep talking the episode. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back uh, for the second season of the podcast where we talk about like seasons four and five with like the heavy duty time travel stuff. Yes, please, please, please. Well, actually, we should have a Nicholas and Nick episode because oh, sure. our official time travel correspondent, Nick Brandle, because we know how much he loves time travel. Um, okay. That would be pretty we'll good, have, yeah. All right, Uh-oh. mark that down. Record with us at different time periods and splice us in. So it's like a time. <gasps> That's... <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, the... That's gold, Joey. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> we, cut to, we come back to flashback. Um, Desmond is just getting hammered on red wine. Hell yes. My hero. I've had many of those nights. I've, it's been so long since like it, I, I quit drinking. Um, but like I remember getting wine drunk and how much of a different drunk it is than like any other type of drunk. <laughs> I, I can back that up, Adam. <laughs> yes, red wine is an experience. Yeah. Almost a religious experience. I'm sorry. They're monks. I ha- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. You're talking to us. <laughs> right. We're on episode 41 of watching Lost out of order. Like, anyway, you should be ashamed. It's me and JP. Guys, I watched Lost in order. <laughs> uh, uh, the other guy brother is it brother campbell or is it brother melvin brother martin campbell director of casino Royale. <laughs> <laughs> they come in uh, he comes in he's like yeah you're fired like you can't you can't be getting drunk and drinking our expensive wine and you obviously don't like it here and like all this stuff so you're fired but he says like, god's got bigger plans for you and like he tries to sort of soften the blow of firing him yeah he the, the little line that he has god has bigger plans um you you've spent so much time running away you don't realize what you might be running toward mm-hmm. and while that's really fortune cookie like i kind of like that yeah. especially for desmond him almost becoming like a monk it seems like in the present as religious of a person as somebody who almost became a monk would be you know like e- even mm-hmm. I, I would have sort of expected him to be more more religious i guess as a as a character and it seems like he he moves on from it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, which is totally fine. Because, again, like Nicholas said, like, he's, he's had a ton of jobs. So like, Right, exactly. Um, like, it's not his one character trait. Yeah. So Back to the jungle. Yeah. The, it, they've gotten to the point. This is the, this is the thing. It's the area. It's the vision. It's the big climax of Desmond's vision. They're in the spot. Somebody says something about, how do they how do they start the argument? And Jin asks about Penny, and then yeah, and Hurley has a fantastic line about, dude. Even if I spoke Korean and tried <laughs> to explain this to you, you wouldn't understand. Like, yeah, that's it's right. so good. Yeah, yeah. Like as that part's wrapping up, somebody makes like an offhand comment, which sparks the Superman versus the Flash race argument. And that's what makes Desmond like aware. Yeah. Like, okay, we're coming up on the dangerous part, the part that I have been right. keeping from right, Charlie. Right, right. Like he he sees the triple, he sees the arrow, he see he's all gonna, he's like, okay. And this is the, this is his Isaac Abraham moment. He's like, well, if I'm gonna see my girlfriend again, I've got to let Charlie die. Charlie steps on the wire. 
it started. It starts spinning up. The thirty seconds in between the trap being triggered and the arrow actually firing, um, and at the last moment, Desmond decides to save Charlie. He doesn't. He's not gonna cross that line and let Charlie die, even if it means that his vision of being reunited with Penny doesn't come true. Oh, but the guitar is trashed. Oh no. Oh oh. What? A, how will we recover from this loss? <laughs> As they're as they're moving along from this, like Char- Charlie gets mad at him. He's like, you, you know, this was the thing that you kept. Oh, they argue about it. Um, but and then Desmond has this thing where he he harkens back to the Isaac and Abraham. He's like, maybe this was just another test, and I and I'm tested all the time, and I'm constantly failing these tests. Like he feels really like it's weird. He carries a guilt about saving Charlie's life because yeah, uh, he's yeah, always it's... seen himself as a coward and a failure, which is. Again, maybe if we were watching the show in order, I'd buy a little bit more. <laughs> but like right yeah. now, like, dude, you kick ass. Like, you're, you're a king, baby. Come on. Like, feel good. You're Walk tall. a thousand was saving Charlie. <laughs> the whole, like, coward failure thing, it, it, it's been set up as, like, a thing Desmond's dealt with. And, sure. like, this episode no. did kind of push that. But, like, yeah, on the island, he's amazing. Yeah, exactly. While they're walking along and arguing, they find the pilot hanging in the tree. They, they look yeah. done. Donezo. Not moving. That's it. Like, it's like. And and so for a moment, it's Desmond has the thing. He's like, okay, I saved Charlie, and so now, if this is Penny, she's dead. That was I changed. I changed it. The vision didn't come true. I fucking blew it. Well, you know, he's circling all, all this stuff. Which I don't understand that because like whether he dies or lives, they spend a very short amount of time in the same area, and like. Does, does saving Charlie get them lost and they they spend three days looking for the pilot? Like, I, d- I don't understand how Charlie's yeah, death. Yeah, I went back and watched the original, like, vision and it was just like, you know, he, like, Charlie's, you know, tracheotomy and, like, bleeding out and Desmond takes off running. It's like, was he running towards the pilot or was he running back to camp because they're saying go get Jack even though they've already, like, camped out a day already? Like, yeah. I, was he supposed to be running towards the pilot to, like, save the pilot? And, right, yeah. We come back to a flashback from there. And then yeah. this, the, the ending of the episode is sort of intercut in between flashback and present day, which is kind of interesting. As Desmond and Jin and Hurley and Charlie are trying to get the pilot out of the tree, it's also intercut with these little clips from the flashback where it's the morning after Desmond's like getting ready to leave. The brother Campbell's like, hey, you know, just wait a little while, get mm-hmm. you a ride into town, whatever. The the flashback part of this is really cool because like it shows right like Desmond, he already buys into the God, you know, God has bigger plans for me. Like he's 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 charming. He's he's laughing. I get the sense that he's excited to see what is next. He, he does believe that there's something yeah, bigger for yeah, him. Yeah, totally. Honest. And so he's helping load some wine into a car, and then then you hear a woman's voice at the back, and, I, and then I, to myself I was like, okay, here she is. Ah, uh, here's Thank the meat cute. Here we go. Yeah. And the two of them, like the amount of chemistry that they have, the level of charm that both of them exude during this little conversation. Yeah, it's like, fantastic. Jesus. Like people are watching this, the two of them talk and meet cute and people watching are getting pregnant. Like that is it's so <laughs> horny and adorable and romantic. And I, fuck man, I, was, I literally, I, I don't have any notes for how, because I was just like, uh. it, it's like, this is the same episode it had all the Jack, Kate, Juliet, Sawyer stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, horny and adorable is also what it says on my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> the, he, you know, they, he, she introduces herself and Penny, you know, I'm Desmond, all that stuff. Uh, then meanwhile in the jungle, they're cutting the, down the parachute. Um, they get it down, like, the, the pilot's alive. Oh, shit. She's breathing. Oh, they, snap. Get back. Give her room. Get, get out of my way. He goes to take <laughs> her helmet off, and it is not Penny. 
it is Naomi. <laughs> oh. oh god. Um we know a little bit about Naomi, not a ton again cuz yeah. again we've seen a couple episodes that come after this one. Yeah, Naomi set up to be a really big character. Totally. Totally lost. <laughs> <laughs> creating all the foundations for some great storytelling regarding Naomi. <laughs> She'll be everybody's fan favorite along with Nikki and Paolo. I mean, to be fair, she introduces a ton of interesting stuff into the show. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you forgot yeah. one of the most important things about that flashback beyond the adorableness of Penny and uh, Desmond. What was that? On uh, on Brother oh Campbell. Oh, my God. Let's go that one. Yes. Okay. I got it. I got to be this guy because this freaked me out no, when, when I was it. watching it in like 2007, 2008. Mm. The photo on his desk. Of him with Mrs. Hawking. Oh shit, I saw that. I remember seeing that photo and I didn't, all I thought about it when I looked at that picture, I was just like, that woman looks familiar. Yeah. It was just interesting how they had set the shot up to have that picture well, so prominent. Like, it's they so barely... obvious and it's yeah. the worst Photoshop I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, it's so bad. I, I I remember also thinking when I was looking at it that the the backdrop of it reminds me of the photo that of Penny and Desmond. They at least explain eventually like why that photo is so bad. Yeah, but. they do, and it's act, and I actually kind of like the explanation. It's kind of neat, but but yeah, it, the that's what I thought about when I saw the background of the photo. It's like that looks a lot like the Penny Desmond photo. Yeah, but it's also like you know God has a bigger plan for you, and it's like she's she's involved. She's it's right there. A- you know, God has been like planned for all of you. Lost, like conspiracy, like yeah, like I was back then. It was like a oh shit moment. Because my brain is a useless repository of knowledge. I saw the picture. My eye was immediately drawn to it, and I was like, "Hey, is that the lady from Ewok Adventure?" And I went on IMDb, <laughs> and it fucking is. And one baby. <laughs> uh, she was also in Tears of the Sun, Four Brothers, The Others, yeah. and an episode of Columbo called Murder: A Self Portrait. <laughs> Anyways, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so like they get her down. It's Naomi. It's not Penny. Um, Desmond in the past meets Penny and uh, and all of that. And then that is the end of the episode. Oh, no. Uh, she, she wakes up and she says Desmond. So like Naomi knows Desmond probably just from the picture. But like, yeah, yeah. lost. <laughs> and that's the end of it. That's the end of Catch 22. Before we get into our typical end of the episode segments, we have to cover one of our uh, favorite uh, <laughs> every 10 episodes or so well one of our favorite segments lost missing pieces Jesus this week Christ. on lost on lost we are talking about the lost missing piece operation sleeper originally aired operation yeah i'm asleep because this is an exposition dump and also they're sleeping but somebody likes puns uh, operation sleeper originally aired on december 3rd 2007 on Verizon, and then December 10th, 2007 on ABC.com. This is one of those Mobisodes that were meant to be watched on phones. Looks like half of them are shot on phones. Um, <laughs> they yeah, These aired in between season three and four. Uh, it was uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, coincidentally enough, and then it was directed by Jack Bender. I think that this was written by a machine that watched a thousand hours of Lost and then was asked to write a script. Jack's asleep in his tent. Julie comes and wakes him up. She confesses to him that she's... Nope, 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 nope. We're stopping already. Jack wakes up to a noise. Cut to Juliet already sitting crisscross applesauce. She's just... The editing in this is so bad. Like, she's just sitting there staring at him, watching him sleep. Maybe they're Did any of you guys watch Elementary? No. Uh, No. There's a running gag of Holmes doing this exact same thing to Watson. (laughs) But it's like... it's. 
actually done well as opposed to whatever the hell happened here. <laughs> whatever minutes. happened here, yeah. Well, I'm uh, going to check that out then. Juliet wakes him up and she uh, she's like, nobody trusts me. It's like, okay, duh, A, and or hello. Like, you're, you're one of the bad guys. Like, they, the, like, the survivors have spent weeks and weeks and weeks of the others antagonizing them. And then Jack comes home with one. And he's just like, hey, she's our friend. And I was like, dude, it makes sense that nobody trusts you. He trusts a weird Scottish guy more instead. <laughs> yeah, the weird Scottish guy who didn't have pants for the longest time. <laughs> uh, let's let's check our social barometer expert. Uh, Saeed, do you trust her? No. Well, then no. that's 100% proof positive that she's still working for Ben. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Which she confesses. She's like, they're yes. right not to trust me. I am still working for Ben. Uh, right. We're doing some pregnant lady research. Um, totally forgot about the pregnancy stuff. So many fucking words just get thrown. Like, son, she's pregnant. She'll yep. be dead in a month. Uh, submarine. Uh, oh, ben, the submarine. Yeah, wheelchair. goddamn. Lock yeah. blew it up. Uh, like, I thought that was so much late. I forgot that was from like the like those free episodes, like six episodes of Minis. I thought it was like later on of a show. Yeah. No, this the sub submarine. Like they were they were gonna get on it. They didn't. Neither did she. Like we all chose to stay here. Uh, yeah, son's gonna die because she's got a baby. She says they gotta leave. Duh. Again, duh. And or hello. Like the entire point of getting off the of being. Everybody wants to leave the island again. Bernard's like trying to make the SOS symbol. Come on, guys. <laughs> Everybody get in Bar- Bernard's camp because he's the only one who remembers that the 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 stated mission from day one was to go home. <laughs> Adam, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the recording. Like this feels just like a deleted scene, but it's yeah. weird because the story still works without it so it's like so either this was a deleted scene that they're like well the show works without it but we're going to add it in there in case people have these specific questions it's this weird like yes this is supposed to be like context exposition but does it really matter i don't fucking think so no they end up covering basically everything she talks about in episodes it was like a recap but I couldn't figure out, it was also like, if this was the lead scene or whatever, I couldn't figure out where the hell it was supposed to be in the show. Right. Like, what episode? Yeah. According to, according to Lost PD, at least, it the scene takes place in between the real-time events of the episode DOC, which we have not watched, and the Brig, which we have watched. But yeah, so that's, it. I mean, that's episode, that's Lost Missing Pieces, Operation Sleeper. It, yeah, it felt like a deleted scene. Obviously, it was very easy to delete because whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Don't care. <laughs> that is Catch-22 and Operation Sleeper for this episode of Lost on Us. Let's do some end of the episode stuff. Yeah. First question, as always, did we like it slash was it good? How do we feel about just Catch-22 without any of its surrounding information. Nicholas, why don't you kick us off? I liked it. Okay. I want to say it was good because the A plot is awesome. The B plot is bad and the flashbacks are kind of bad. But the ending of the flashbacks are awesome and the main camping trip is awesome. So, yeah. Perfect. JP. Yeah. I, I Just to repeat what Nicholas just said, like, yeah, I love the A plot stuff. It's really good. Um, it, it felt a little stretched out. Like, I don't know if this is the best 40 minutes of television I ever watched, but I, I did enjoy it. So I don't I don't know if it's good, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and the, the B plot stuff, while it was like snooze fest, it wasn't the most egregious B plot we've ever seen. So yeah, yeah. overall, I'm just going to be like, yeah, good episode. Adam? I would have to agree. I remember I messaged you, JP, earlier today before we started recording. I was like, I think this is a bad episode that I like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed watching it a lot. But yeah, there was some clunky stuff within it. 
it did not stop me from liking the episode. So I, that's that's what I'm going to say. I think I think it was a bad episode that I really enjoyed watching. <laughs> Absolutely. That will bring us to our next segment, the Lost MVP. Who is your favorite character of Catch Twenty Two? Who who is you know just rocking the Casbah for the 45 minutes that we uh, we spent uh, <laughs> spent watching Lost today? Nicholas, what do you say? I mean, Who's your Lost MVP? Desmond. Desmond's the best character of a show. It Desmond sent three episodes. It's going to be the best one. Sorry, just that. <laughs> I mean, solid pick. He was yeah. great. JP, how about you? Uh, I'm going to say Jin. You know, Jin's just down for boys night. He's always down for whatever. It's important for men to just like spend time with other men in non-toxic environments, you know, and just, just kind of going out camping, just sort of just sort of getting to know each other. I think that that's great. And he's just uh, he's a ray of sunshine. Dude's rock. So, Jin, yeah. Uh, Adam, who's your MVP? It could be either one of those, Desmond or Jin, because those are both great answers. Like Desmond, not only because he... He is the central character, so he's the engine that drives sort of the mythology aspect of this episode forward. But yeah, Jin just, I mean, like, in absence of Saeed, which who we haven't seen in forever, I'm happy we are at least seeing Jin. And yeah, the four of them, I, no, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say the four of them. I'm going to say the camping quattro there. Uh, the four of them together, Des- Desmond, Charlie, Jin, and Hurley. The camping buddies, like, that was just, it was just cool. They were fun. Like I said, give me 10% more of that stuff in the show, and I'm I'm just like... It's got its hooks so far into me then. That brings us to the second half of this bit, the <laughs> other side of the coin, the lost forever. Who was trash? Who could we have really done without Nicholas? Lost forever. Whoever decided that we need a flashback to why uh, Desmond says forever. <laughs> no. Uh, Perfect. Okay, okay, no. Uh, okay, I'd say the love quadrangle just because it was Ugh. bad. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. yeah. Adam, who's your loss forever? <laughs> I have to agree. The the Jack Sawyer Kate Juliet thing. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've only got yeah. so much time in my life. I can't look at the no, four of you no. and, and You're wonder. gonna wake up. Juliet's gonna be sitting right beside you, <laughs> telling you to watch more of this. If that <laughs> happened, that would uh, that she would be my lost MVP for the rest of my life. <laughs> If, yeah. if, if I woke up and Elizabeth Mitchell was like, oh, get up, honey. We got to go watch Lost. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm living the best life. <laughs> I, would, I would be so good to her. Actually, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that that foursome thing. That was dumb as hell. I don't want to listen to the three of the, four of them say, Ooh, I, I, do you like somebody or do you like like somebody? I don't care. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah. So JP, what about you? Who's your loss? Uh Coming in uh, again on Lost on Lost, the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, so listen, um, according to one of my favorite, my favorite websites, the winesellerinsider.com, 1995 wasn't even a great year for wine, especially Scottish wine. Um, and they're, they're charging same year vintage for $100. Oh, it's only one of 300. That seems like artificial scarcity to me. And uh, the... the there's only 300 bottles. What? There's there's 12 bottles in a case of wine, and you're selling like eight of them to one client. Fuck you guys. Okay. You, you need to start. Oh well, it's really expensive. Well, uh, maybe you shouldn't have, have so much uh, invested in your overhead if your gross profits don't meet your net costs. You fucking dipshits. Jeepers. <laughs> Sorry, I got a nosebleed and I had to stop. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Yeah, suck at the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> that, yeah. Only just now. Only just now. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess they do they make wine in Scotland? 
<laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, I you, you make wine anywhere. Like I was but... thinking to myself, huh, they're probably listen, listen, everybody's making scotch. I got an idea. We'll do something different. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to subvert expectations. We're making wine. That's fucking dumb, you guys. You're in Scotland. Make scotch. <laughs> well, yeah, but the Presbyterians beat them too bad, so it's like more of a warring, like, back yeah. and forth uh, religious yeah, there it thing. Is. Yeah, now there I'm kind of back in on this. <laughs> Nicholas. Thank you so much for taking yes. the time, bud. Um, yes. Let's hear a little bit more about uh, your podcast that you mentioned up at the top, The Other Fellows. Yeah. So uh, right now it's mainly a YouTube channel. It's uh, The Other Fellows 007 on YouTube. Myself and my co-host, Adam. Uh, Adam Roscoe, not you, not Adam. Oh. Uh, Are you cheating on me? Uh, I've known him longer. We'll talk about this on the way home. (laughs) Fine, I'm going to go run away and join a monster. Um, No, Adam and I, uh, we talk about James Bond because we're both huge Bond nerds. And there's a way for us to sort of hang out uh, during the pandemic because we started it. We're talking about other, you know, related spy things like Mission Impossible series, Man from Uncle. Hell yeah. But, you know, movie stuff, movie news, sort of uh, weird exhibits and things like that. And uh, we have more of a dozen episodes. We did a Halloween special. We've done Mm -hmm. things about Hammer Horror featuring Bond villains. So check it out. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a YouTube. fun show. I've uh, I've caught uh, several episodes of it. I personally am not a Bond fan, and watching the show, listening to you and Adam talk about Casino Royale made me really want to go watch the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. So, if you, it's it's the show works for I think fans and non fans alike. So, thank you. Well, yeah. uh, we will we will drop a link to that on our socials, and uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, also, you know, go check out Task and Purpose because they put out yeah. some fantastic shit. I read a Task and Purpose article four or five times a week, probably. Like anytime it comes up on my socials, like it's all very interesting. But specifically stuff, so. on the weekends. But, but specifically on the weekends, I read every yes. article on the weekend. I really hope my bosses are reading or listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we watching next time next time we are going to be watching season two episode six abandoned jp uh make a guess as to who abandoned is about uh kate shannon shannon yeah we got a shannon episode coming up and i think i it's forgot our first she was one. in the show <laughs> we've seen shannon die about four times <laughs> And we are going to now, only just now, watch her centric episode. I believe her Holy only centric hell. episode. Talk about going into this with low expectations. <laughs> so that'll be exciting. Yeah, next time, season two, episode six, Abandoned featuring Shannon. Uh, well, uh, yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Lost on Lost. Uh, I'm Adam. Yeah, I'm JP. Do you have any idea what's going on in the show? Nope. Me neither. Lost on Lost is produced and edited by me and JP. We wish to acknowledge that we live, work, and produce our show on occupied land. Burbank, California is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Tongva, Chumash, Keech, and Fernandeño Tataviam peoples. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Peoria, Potawatomi, Miyama, and Ho-Chunk peoples. And Lost was produced in Hawaii on the lands of the Kanaka Maoli. Visit native-land.ca to learn more about the land you live and work on. You can engage with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Lost on Lost One. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com or support us with dollar monies at coffee.com slash wearelostonlost. Thanks to Lostpedia and its community of contributors, Danny Schmitz, Random.org, and as always, you the listeners for tuning in. We're hosted at Podbean. You can hear us there or wherever you get your podcasts, except MySpace. We're, we're not on MySpace. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 